What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like, what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once, it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hi, babe. I go out of range. Hi, I love you. Uh, I love you too. Ready to talk <laughs> about some sex? Yeah. Let's do it. Hey, you want to? Uh, you know what? You want to know something kind of cool? Yes. I don't get these fucking notifications. I always have to find this stuff out like in by other means. But um, we were featured in Women's Health. I saw that. I've been meaning to tell you that, but I it's just oh, you been saw it? such a hectic week. I did well yeah. I saw I saw our friends at Private Parts Unknown yeah. post their um their listing. Feature. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if we're on that list. And then sure enough. Sure enough we were. Women's yeah. Health. So uh, Women's Health, the twenty one best sex podcasts about relationships, erotica, kinks, and more. Uh, we were amongst, uh, we were within that 21 groups of podcasts, which is kind of cool. It was a pretty, it was a pretty sweet, um, it was a pretty sweet little, uh, blurb list. Of, list. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the blurb was great, but the list was really, you know, it's, it's nice to be in good company. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I didn't recognize a lot of those, uh, names, those podcast mm. names, like our, our friends, private parts, and also shameless sex is one that I listened to a handful of times. 
Actually, I may have only listened to one episode of theirs, yeah. uh, and it was recently. It had to do with, like, I feel like some of the more political things that are going mm. on in the world. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. So uh, to, to, to Women's Health, thank you. Thank you for the feature. And to everyone who's been supporting the podcast since it started, especially our patrons, thank you, because uh, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. And then, that's... and in turn, we wouldn't be featured in Women's Health if it wasn't for you. So, And we'll be cutting that out of the newspaper and putting it in each of your individual scrapbooks. That's for, right. Yeah. That's right. Hey, uh, so, I mean, we've got, we've got a couple things to, to talk about, uh, but I have one thing that I wanted to run by you. Man, so, okay, this it's been such a fucking crazy past few days because I'm there's a lot going on work-wise in my life, and especially with Sick Boy, my other podcast, we're, we're doing... Um, we're doing a live show uh, tonight, actually, tonight, as this was released, tonight. Um, and Wednesday, July 8th. July, July 8th, that's right. If you're listening to this uh, right now, like as we release this, Wednesday, July 8th, tonight at 9 p.m. Atlantic time, we're doing a live show. And if you want to join, uh, I highly suggest you do. Go to sickboypodcast.com slash shows and you get your tickets there. But I've been putting in a lot of like... Um, a lot of work to put the content together for what we're covering on the show. So a little spoiler alert for anyone who is attending the show. You might want to skip ahead a little bit because I'm going to get into some of the stuff that we were talking about in, in the live show. But also because I feel like it, it's kind of... this. I found this to be fucking fascinating. So, okay, babe, what, what are your thoughts? How are, what, are you, what are your feelings on butt stuff? Like, you like presently or generally? I like it. Ah, generally, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. do you like you like having you like you like having your butt? Um, yeah. Does it count the butt cheeks or not? Or do I? I'm talking to- like I'm talking anus. I'm talking anal anal. I'm talking butthole stuff. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. 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 So uh, some people love butt stuff. Some people mm-hmm. do not like butt stuff. Some people some people get really weirded out by their butts. I I have a fascination with with butts. Always have buttholes, buttholes. Yeah, everything to do with butts, especially like as of as of late. Like my own relationship to my butthole yeah. has completely changed ever since I had um, like seventy percent of my colon removed. And so you know, like I I I liked I like to know about poop, and I like to like look into stuff about poop. And oh, great! Is this going to be a poop story? It's not. No, it's not. So so this was it. What I was I was steering down that lane doing research into um, this thing, which is, which is referred to as a smart toilet. So, so th- there was an abstract <laughs> that was released on... I also love tech. Okay, so I love tech, and I love, I love butts. Butt, Can I buttholes. just, before you continue, this, I had this vision mm-hmm. of you here in this conversation already when you're like, if you're listening to this right now, as we release it, and I, and I pictured you laying in bed at like six in the morning with your earphones in, radio silence, and then all of a sudden, Turn Me On theme song like just starts going out of nowhere, like l- literally in the moment. So I'm already seeing you in the story, in bed, headphones in, plugged into things. Does yeah. the smart toilet poop for you? No. Okay. So, so, so this is a, this is a, it's actually, I guess, considered like a home medical device. So it's a mountable toilet seat or a mountable toilet, kind of like our bidet, right? Our tushy. You don't mount the tushy though. 
Yeah, yeah, you do. You mount it onto your toilet bowl. Oh, yeah, you, of, co- of oh, course you no, do. I meant you don't mount your body onto. No, no, no. Well, I guess I mean you kind of do. You mount yourself over top of the toilet bowl, but no, but no, but you know what I mean. It's like you mount this like so. This this smart toilet is something you would you would like replace your toilet seat with this thing. Okay. And so this was this was an this was the I took this the abstract from Nature the journal like the scientific journal Nature. So very very reputable very reputable source like as reputable as it comes. Um, I, it, this is a lot of like fucking jargon and stuff, but um, uh, okay. So, so th- this might go over, this still goes over my head. I don't know how to like make sense of any of this, but technologies for the longitudinal modern monitoring of a person's health are poorly integrated with clinical workflows and have rarely produced actionable biometric data for healthcare providers. Okay, sure. Here, we describe easily deployable hardware and software for the long-term analysis of a user's excreta, which is... Latin for... Excretions, poop and pee. Um, uh, Excreta through data collection and models of human health. Okay, so the smart toilet, which is a self-contained, which is self-contained and operates autonomously by leveraging pressure and motion sensors, analyses of the user's urine using a standard of care color metric assay that traces red, green, blue values from images of your analysis strips. Jesus Christ, okay. Calculates the flow and rate of the volume of the urine using a computer vision as a euro flow meter, yada, yada, yada. And classifies stool according to the Bristol stool form scale using deep learning. Okay, so so basically, (laughs) like, you have this whole fucking thing and here, here's the here's the part that really got me going. Huh? What does that mean? And I got, I went a little deeper. Right? Okay. Follow me on this rabbit hole. Yeah. Okay? Oh, I'm with you. Each user of the toilet is identified through their fingerprint and the distinctive features of their anoderm. Do you know what the anoderm is? Something to do with skin. The anoderm is your butthole. Mm-hmm. Is like if you looked at the anoderm, it's like. Like yeah, if you're anal, ever watching like anal, anal porn and like and like you see like a gaping butthole, you're staring deep into the anoderm. Okay. Okay. So, so each toilet, each user of the toilet is identified through their fingerprint and the through distinctive features of their ano, anoderm, and the data is securely stored and analyzed in an encrypted cloud server. Okay. So, so, he, so here's what all this means. I know what this means. These 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 scientists made a toilet bowl that has cameras that analyzes your butthole as a biometric like identifier and apparently through that you can there's like it's a you can get diagnoses and screening processes of your particular like health gut health I, I don't know like you know like bowel health yeah so i was like whoa 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 our buttholes are like as unique as our finger, fin- our fingerprints. And so I, I did a little more digging. There's an article that was written on The Verge by this guy, Tyler Lyles, or Taylor Lyles, sorry. And they go in and they say, the anal print is the toilet's primary way of identifying each user. Much to the author's dismay, it is also the aspect of the toilets that has gotten the most attention <laughs> since the paper describing the proto-toilet was published in a press release in Nature, which I just read. And this is what the this is what the um, the the author of that that 
that article on Journal had said. So this is like one of the one of the the founders of this idea of, of this of this smart toilet. They said it's a minor part of our system. <laughs> okay, so so they're like, don't get caught up on the butthole thing. <laughs> but but they're saying it's a minor part of our system, and then they say. Uh, and then this, the idea for an anal print, this is what fuck, this is what I wanted to talk to, to you about today. The, the idea for an anal print was sparked by Salvador Dali, who discovered that the anus has 35 or 37 creases, which are as unique as fingerprints. So then I'm like, Salvador Dali as in the artist? So I go down this whole fucking rabbit hole about Salvador Dali. Turns out that fucking guy was a f- total per- freak. He was a total pervert. Was he perv? Oh, total, total perv. Like, I mean, and, and I, don't, I, I don't say perv pejoratively. I, I don't, I mean, he could have been. I don't know, but, but I, I mean. He was kinky. Oh, he was, yeah, very much so. And he was very obsessed with buttholes. So. Interesting. Then, then found this. I, I sound like a fucking conspiracy theorist. No, I, I'm loving this rabbit hole. Then found this. Okay, so. This is an article about Salvador Dali. According to, according to Roger Perefiti, I don't know how to pronounce that last name, uh, Dali, Dali's in, invariably well-informed housekeeper, all right, this is Roger, according to Roger, Dali had a large collection of dildos which he would offer to his models of either sex when he had a little indulgence in mind. Some of these dildos irreverently had the heads of unexpected people on their shafts. <laughs> the Pope, Hitler, St. Teresa... <gasps> Uh, De Gaulle and others. Okay, so so now you're getting the idea. Like, That's like scandalous. Dolly's fu- a little That's fucking like the most scandal that mm-hmm. I've legit ever heard of. Okay, so so he's he's down the to heads he, he's down to get of weird. Mother Teresa. So then this continues. Uh, I, I had to cut a bunch of stuff out of this article, but but it, it continues. He compared he compared the vagina to a cauliflower, and commented that it was nature's ruse to ensure pr- reproduction but that the true organ of love was the anus. In the vagina, one might poke, around, poke about without really knowing what one was up to. But in the arsehole, there was no room for any such uncertainty. Dali made these observations in a conversation recorded for French television, though, of course, it was never broadcast, and declared roundly, quote, the most important thing in the world is the arsehole. Unquote. <laughs> For wait, Dolly, wait, oh, wait! I can't. The let most that... <laughs> important thing in the world is the arsehole. <laughs> the I love that fucking word. Arsehole, I know. Arsehole, arsehole. For Dolly, the body no longer had any secrets. He had devised a special procedure. So this is where it gets really interesting, and this is where we come full circle back to the butthole anal print. He had devised a special procedure, which interested Roger. Uh, Payer Ferretti greatly to ensure that a woman on all fours would present her anus to greatest advantage. He would place a spirit level. I don't know what a spirit level is. I'm guessing it's like a some sort of level. So like so you can tell like like how you like level out like a painting on the wall or something. Yeah. He would he would he would place a, a level on her back. And when the air bubble was precisely in the middle he claimed her anus would flower in its full glory. On occasion, he would ask female visitors to sit on a bed of moist clay with their buttocks parted in order to take an impression of their orifices. 
He would subsequently frame the impressions, adding the names of the ladies in question. Supposedly, and this again demonstrates Dali's tirelessly investigative cast of mind, the anus had 35 or 37 little creases, which are as unique as fingerprints. He regretted that he could not account for the variation in number, but noted that it had nothing to do with social class and that 35, 35s were as likely to be found among the aristocracy as among the working classes. Only the backsides of identical twins had exactly the same pattern and number of creases. He conducted experiments to substantiate his claim and made the impressions of twins uh, behinds into candelabra, candelabra, which I think is some sort of like, um, either it's like an art piece or like a place. I I couldn't quite figure that out. So, okay. So all that said, which, which reading that sounds fucking insane, but coming back to this piece of this, this scientific journal post (laughs) in nature, the, the scientist, the doctor who's behind the smart toilet literally references how Salvador Dali is the person who figured out that our buttholes are the same as our fingerprints. That's really interesting. How fucking crazy is all that? Um, that's crazy. When was he, a th- when was he a thing? When was he relevant? Like when was he around? <coughs> I think like maybe <coughs> probably going to butcher this. I think like maybe in the sixties or Salvador, I Googled last night. Salvador Dali was a pervert? (laughs) Question mark? Uh, Salvador Dali, his life took place. uh, Oh, shit. No, born, born. Oh, my God. He lived a long time. Born 1904. Okay. And died in 1989. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, That's really interesting. Yeah. It's really interesting that um, I love the idea of a moist clay bed. I'm not going to lie. I would... Let You'd my see, butthole you, flower open yeah. on that thing. I think yeah. that sounds kind of with a wait. So if the level, if the spine or if the back was perfectly level, that was perfect position for the butthole to flower. Apparently, yeah. Apparently, uh, I mean, I, I I can't really quite make sense of it, but but according to what his housekeeper was saying was that once he would get a lady, you get on all fours, and then once the level, the bubble hits the middle, her butthole would go, wow, and just like flower. Interesting. That's that's the sound that it makes. Um, I thought you were gonna make something more like like poppy, you know, like a like it popping yeah. open. But it's it, it's yeah, man. I don't like after reading that. I don't think I can. I don't think I'll ever look at a butthole the same way. Like I'm going to, because I, I so so you know, in my own like personal sex life. I love buttholes. I love, I love the look of a butthole. I love the feeling of a butthole. But I've never, Can't I've never re- like, I've never really, I've never obsessed about it to the point where I like, you know, I'm like trying to pick out the 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 intricacies of of like the, the you know the, I mean, it's just so you don't gaze into the anoderm. I look in I look at and into buttholes or I have in the past but I've never gazed so deeply at a butthole where I've had like where I've you know I've I've never been I've never Salvador Dali to butthole. It, yet. Like that's some time and attention. 
Dude, fuck, I'd say. And like to count, I would imagine you'd have to like hold the butthole still because it could, if it, a butthole knew that a face was that, is that close to it. I feel like it, it like puckers and I've clenches and puckers yeah. and clenches, you know? Yeah, I've seen, I've seen the, the like, it's like a, it's almost like a, a, a fluttering, a butthole A jellyfish. Flutter. It looks exactly yeah. like a jellyfish yeah. sort of bobbing yeah, through the water. Yeah. Um, and so you'd kind of have to like probably put your fingers, you'd probably have to make like, you t- put your thumb and your index finger together and hold the butthole in place. Yeah. Or maybe more, maybe more your middle finger if you need more space. And then you'd have to count. I would imagine using a tool like a toothpick or something just to move move the crease like to count to really count the creases like to make sure mm. you're really yeah, like, seeing it 37 or th- i mean 35 37 like that's, that's a lot. what I, what i find really interesting is that it it didn't say between 35 to 37 it was 35 or 37 are i wonder if they're they're probably not you know, they wouldn't be symmetrical no they wouldn't be symmetrical i i'm not quite sure like i we're gonna have to. I mean, let me let me see let me see. I'm gonna look up 35 crevices. Do you want to try to count how many creases you have for next week? Uh, yeah, I could try <laughs> to. I'd be down for that. Oh, dude, man, why, why, why do when I search that do I just get really gnarly photos of of hemorrhoids? I don't want that. Well. That would definitely affect your butthole print. How do you, sp- how do you spell crevice? C R E V A V I C E. V I C E. Is it cre- is it crevice? Yeah. Hold on. Really? Hold on. Uh, I- thirty-five, thirty-seven little creases. Sorry, creases, I, uh, creases, creases. creases. C R. So so th- let's go. Thirty-five creases, anus. Uh, uh, thirty-five creases, anus. Again, just really, just not very nice photos. This is <laughs> none of this is very nice. I, I, I like. I, part of me is part of me is kind of like, why the fuck would that? I, I'm. I, I'm. I. I think the reason why I'm why I want to dive into this and why we're definitely going to dive into it on the live show is like, how, you know, when we talk about scientific, um. Ex, like experiments and and scientific data there's like a there's like a real way to find that data and a re, like a like a, a you know it's, it's like there's a method there's a really like concrete method was dolly following some sort of like scientific method or did, like because like how why the fuck would that why the fuck would the person who wrote that in nature just casually be like salvador dolly like, is it that legit? Is I what don't he know. Found out? This will take more research to find other sources mm-hmm. that also mm-hmm. make this a credible thing. Yeah. I mean, so funny. Imagine, like, I found my, when I was sorting through my parents' house, I found, um, like, my baby fingerprints that I've yeah, been right. given for, like, some, like a passport or I can't remember what it was for. And They should have done baby anal print. Well, I mean... I mean, they might as well start doing that. Well, it sounds like they are, and they're soon they're going to have all of our buttholes coded and all of our health, gastric health information just uploaded mm. to the cloud. And so, yeah, if you Google anal print, all that comes up is is referencing this Nature article. That's it. Mm. That must be because everyone. Well, everyone. That well, and that's like, why that. That's what? why the that's why the scientist was like, "This isn't 
hold on, this isn't what this is about. <laughs> You're getting carried away. It's it's about much more. And they're like, but yeah, 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 yeah. But what did you say about Wait, this anal print? What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's really funny. And um, it's funny that you brought that up because uh, CBC, I was just looking at CBC, and they did yeah. a show about, I think it was CBC, um, about Da Vinci, Leonardo okay. Da Vinci. Yeah. And he... I didn't realize he he was a gay man. I didn't I didn't realize, but he hated vaginas. He thought they were it was an abomination that we had to pass through one to enter the world. Right. He just thought that they were horrendous, but he loved the female figure and he loved right. penises. Interesting. Well, I mean, Jesus Christ, that sounds a lot. I mean, according to what I read, and again, I'm not an art historian and I don't much, know much about art. Period. Um, but but according to what I read, it seemed like Salvador Dali was kind of on the same boat in okay. that he's he's not very fond of vaginas, but he fuck he loves he loves dicks and he loves buttholes and he loves, I mean I think I think he loves the female like all forms. Didn't like, he? Didn't you say start by saying he referenced the vagina in some way? He called it. He called it a cauliflower. I don't oh, even know yeah, what that means. Cauliflower. That's not really. That doesn't. That's not a very flattering. Yeah, Visual. I don't even know what that. I don't even know what he's fucking rap. Like, what does that fucking mean? A cauliflower? What does that even mean? I well, get like I, I when I think of cauliflower ear, I go, mm, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That because it looks like a cauliflower. I've never looked at a vagina and gone, well, look at this weird cauliflower. <laughs> I don't like. I don't see like. Not I look at a vagina. And I'm like, I look at a vagina and it, at like, if anything, my mind goes to like mollusks. You know, like, like, see, like, like, uh, seed, something, like something out of, like something from the sea or, or, or flower, like, uh, like flowers, mm-hmm. you know, like, like the, like pet, like, yeah. Definitely not cauliflower. Maybe fruit. Definitely not cauliflower. Yeah. Fruit. Yeah. Like, um, like, uh, what do you call it? What's like, uh, what's a good fruit? Like, uh, like a I don't mango. know my fruit fruit. Yeah. Mango. But what's like, what's the more sort of this shape, this one here? A pear. Uh, yeah, sort of like a pear, but not a pear. <laughs> uh, papaya. Hmm. Yeah, maybe papaya. A lot of squash. Good. Squash, like uh, like you cut a squash in half. Does that kind of look like a pussy? Well, know. more than a cauliflower, maybe. I don't know. I don't get the cauliflower thing. I just yeah. Don't. He probably saw like one vagina and was like, Oh, he definitely saw more than one vagina. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right, dude. This guy was. I'm telling you, this guy was like, this guy was. It doesn't. He didn't care. He. He was just, he just, I think he just loved sex. You know what? He was having sex with every, everything. Do you think he was having sex with vaginas or mostly buttholes though? And penises? Well, I would say just, I would say buttholes exclusively based on, babe, I I quote again, the most important thing (laughs) in the entire world is the arsehole. The arse. The arse. Well, where did that come from? The arse. arse. I don't know. I wonder what, I mean... What did what happened recently that that both of these artists sort of got hauled into the light for their maybe it's because it became okay suddenly to talk about arseholes and vaginas in the public eye? Oh my god, dude! Cambridge Dictionary, <laughs> Jesus! What do you call it? Cam the Cambridge Dictionary. <laughs> yeah, arse, uh, the part of your body that you sit on. <laughs> Used in a sentence, she has a huge arse. (laughs) Get the fuck out of here. Are you kidding me? 
She has a Is the Cambridge Dictionary just like another version of, of no, Urban Dictionary? No, no, it's a legit thing. What the fuck? She has a huge arse. <laughs> nope, I'm going to go. Merriam-Webster is the one I always trust. Merriam-Webster. Arse, noun. Variant of ass. Informal plus polite. Buttocks. Uh, often used in em- emphatic reference to a specific person. Get your ass over here. Save my ass. Informal plus impolite. Anus to offensive sexual intercourse. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, I don't know. You're what? Are, what's what's either. urban urban dictionary say about uh? Urban dictionary. Let's see. Arse. Arse. The word for a person's rear end spoken by people who use correct English. <laughs> Americans are so dumb that they cannot cannot pronounce a word in their own language. They say ass for arse. Ass is a synonym for donkey. Poor donkey. Ah, there you go. There there you go. go. So, yeah. folks. It's I don't arse. know. How would you feel if someone was like, slap my arse? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I am, I'm, like, from, am I'm from St. John's Newfoundland. Yeah. I'm from St. John's Newfoundland, so I'd be like. That's a good East Coast alrighty. arse on you. You got it. That's my One arse slapping coming right up. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So I, I thought that was kind of interesting. Speaking of uh, English language, did you see the news about Irregardless? It's What's in the dictionary. Irregardless? irregardless? Yeah. Is that not a word? Was it's, that not a word before? It wasn't a word before, no. And everyone would be like, ah, it's regardless. Well, irregardless, that, that doesn't... Yeah, people are all in a huff about it. I love it. I didn't know that. So, Language But now is it is so a word because cool. people just use it so much? Yeah, now it's a word. It's been legitimized. You know, like words like so humongous wasn't a word. Humongous wasn't a word? No, it's huge and enormous. And they got mixed oh. together. Humongous. Yeah. Hum- hu- Humongous was huge, huge and enormous? and enormous. Humongous. That should be enormous. <laughs> You're right. Anyway, one of those words. Enormous. <laughs> Maybe it's a... Uh, no, is it humongous? Maybe it's... It's another... It's a word that means enormous and huge. <laughs> okay, sure. Whatever. <laughs> uh, gigantic. Yeah. Um, those words combined. Turn me on. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsors. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I, I also, this week, uh, doing a bit of research into what we could talk about, came across a really interesting article. You want to hear, you want to hear this? Yes, please. Uh, a Massachusetts city will recognize polyamorous relationships as a part of a new domestic partnership ordinance. This is a CNN article by Alex Snyder um, and Myrna Al-Sheriff. The city of Somerville, Massachusetts, will now recognize polyamorous relationships after the city council voted in favor of a new domestic partnership ordinance in a meeting last Thursday. Councillor Lance Davis, who supported the ordinance, told CNN he believes this is the first ordinance of its kind in the country. The domestic partnership ordinance was brought to the city council recently as a means to help residents who are not married to visit their partners who are sick with coronavirus at the hospital, according to Davis. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Huh. Uh, Right before the meeting last Thursday where the ordinance was going to be voted on, Councillor J.T. Scott suggested to Davis it should include partnerships of more than two people. The domestic partnership ordinance was brought to the council by Davis to encompass this change in a virtual meeting Thursday evening. Davis recommended tweaking the ordinance so that partners weren't required to live together or inform the city of change of address. Mayor Joseph Curitone signed the ordinance into law Monday, according to Davis. The office of the mayor did not immediately return a quest for comment. <laughs> he was just like, I'll sign it. Just I don't want to fucking talk about it. <laughs> uh, this is Somerville's first domestic partnership ordinance, according to Davis, meaning the city now joins nearby Boston and Cambridge, which also have such ordinances. Massachusetts became the first U.S. state to legalize same-sex marriage in 2004. It's pretty fucking cool, hey? That is super cool. Yeah. I, I just had this, like, all love matters banner run through my head and i was like this is great this is totally a win is that for... something you've seen before no it just flew through all my love matters all love matters and i was like thinking yeah. it and i was like you know this is re-. i was listening to you but i was also thinking about how it's relevant to like as a woman who doesn't have children but i have a dog and you mm-hmm. know like mm-hmm. the other day i got really sad about these 52 racehorses that were going to be sent to slaughter on the East Coast here, so I posted what? on Facebook. It's been a scam that's going on, on the on the internet for like months and months and months. But someone was a like, "Scam," as in it's not actually real. It's not real. I mean, oh, I'm fuck. sure that okay, shit happens God. anyway. But I posted it, and people were like, "It's a scam," and I was like, uh, "Well, you know, at least I don't have to worry about those." That shit would have kept me up at night. I would have been yeah, like, "Do totally. I have room for 52 racehorses <laughs> anywhere in my life?" No, no, you don't. <laughs> They're uh, free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Just yeah. I so I, it's there's something kind of nice that 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 is also coming out of the result of coronavirus because yeah. you know it's like I, I think it's safe to say I'm sure there's a number of our listeners that are are non monogamous in some way, shape, or form, and like how how I mean, COVID has like COVID is just uprooted and 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 shaken up all of us in, a, in our own unique ways. But like to be in a polyamorous relationship, yeah. I know I like personally speaking, it's been fuck. Like I couldn't have imagined how much this would be affecting yeah, good my interpersonal relationships and, and intimate relationships. Um, 
And so, you know, it's like, it's like, I mean, we just, we, it's so hard. It would, it would have been impossible to know what COVID would have done to any part of our life. You know, like even the thought of like having, you know, we now, we now live in this house that's, I live in this house that's empty. We don't have any roommates anymore. And it's like, fuck, how do we afford a house that typically has two other roommates, but we don't have roommates anymore. And it's all because of COVID, like all those things that you just didn't think about. And so, you know, there's something kind of nice to know that through the, through the hardship of COVID there, at least in this town of Somerset, uh, or sorry, Somerville. God, what if just a sweet sounding place to Somerville, Summer, Somerville, Massachusetts. Aww. This sounds really cute. Um, so that's kind of nice. That's nice to know. And, and you know, I, I think moving in the right direction. Yeah. I, I wish they, I wish you could see comments on this, uh, on this article. Oh, I'm man. I'm sure they would be fucked. I would, yeah, I was definitely thinking about that. I'm so glad that people don't <laughs> listen to our show just to write to us and tell us <laughs> how awful we are, you know? Oh, Wouldn't that man. be hilarious? Maybe we should it would be. It, we should have that person and then we could read their emails out loud every hey, week. Hey, I, I mean, I'm yeah, I would love to read hate mail. If you have hate mail, send it to <laughs> turnmeonpodcast at gmail.com and we would gladly read your hate mail on the show. I would love to read your hate mail and it doesn't even have to be about us. If you have something you just need to rant about and, and yeah. like both Jeremy and I would love to read your rant about anything. Yeah. That you want to, you want her, especially if it's a, especially if it's about how you hate the way that we live our lives. <laughs> yeah, if it's especially too, if it's something that we have no control over at all, or mm-hmm. you know, yeah, because I love reading that shit, uh, mostly because it just makes me, it just makes me so happy that my existence, uh, makes you feel so upset that you need to sit down and waste time out of your day to make to let me know that. I love that. I'm going to stop you right there. Oh, are you? Yeah. Because right. I want you to tell me who you're speaking to and what you think you're doing to them when you say that. I hope I'm giving them more fuel to to sit down and waste more of their day to let me know how much, what they so think of me. What you hope is that you're adding fuel to, to their fire. That they're oh, 100%. Just going, okay. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, just I want I just want I just want them to be seething at the teeth even more. Why are you, why do you want to pour fuel on a raging fire? Uh these cuz these days I'm really I'm really uh I am really You know what? It's a good question, babe. I'm probably adding <laughs> more stress to my own life. <laughs> I'm probably adding more stress to my own. I'm just I'm just so flabbergasted at like and this you know, this is getting this is kind of getting off topic to our podcast, but like I'm just so fucking mind blown at how delusional and how moronic and how fucking like stunned a a large swath of our population has become Mm. these fucking fucking mouth breathing yokels that are out there complaining about wearing a fucking mask or complaining about getting a, a chip installed in them via a vaccine Honestly, I look, get out there, get out there without your mask and get out there without your vaccines. Cause the sooner you wipe yourself off this planet, the better off we'll all be. Okay. Ooh, that was a dude, rant from our listener, our favorite listener. Uh, no, I hear what you're saying, but 
And then, and then on top of that, it's okay. So, so more, more in, in line with like our podcast, it's like when we do is when, when CBC does like this, you know, really wonderful piece on, on polyamory and they use us as an example mm-hmm. and interview us and then broadcast that on their network and then share that via their social media to like gain traction on their, you know, they're, they're looking for clicks. So yeah. they're trying to get people to, and then social to like, look at the comments in the social media of yeah. people, you know, probably these same fuckheads, these fucking dum dums who think that vaccines are going to kill you, um, or give you fuck or give you fucking autism. It's those idiots that are then also, you know, sitting there being like, this fucking cuck, this fucking cuck's letting his wife get fucked by, and it's like, okay, yeah, sure, man. Yeah, keep it, keep it going there, bud. Like, just, just let evolution, let Darwinism at its fucking, like, just let it work its way through you. Because we don't need you, and you're basic, and see you later. <laughs> Okay, I love everything you said, and I love you. Um, but I, I, I just want to draw some attention to. So, okay, I'll tell you why. Why this filter that I'm listening to you through is Brene Brown's latest podcast episode. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah, I like this already. You like it already? You, you, you know that I, you know that I don't actually wish ill on upon, someone. Uh, yeah, no, I don't. Of course, I don't. Not. I, I don't. I, I, I'm turning this up for the for fucking. The podcast, but yeah. but I but I am I am definitely like a bit fed up with, yeah, with the amount of with the amount of the the amount of imbeciles that have like somehow just like the, the I I'm I'm upset not at the people that are dumb enough to believe that shit I'm upset at the fact that people feel so so lost that they be, that they fall for that stuff like you know it's like. This poor fucking guy who we, we, we put out a, a post of, about vaccinations on Sick Boy. Mm. And this guy gets on Instagram and he starts leaving comments, like anti-vaxxer comments. And it's like, and, and people, you know, our, our fucking listeners are so amazing. And they chime in and they're like, hey, listen, provide us with, with some, some sort of evidence that, you, like that, that what you are talking about is true. Give us anything. And, yeah. and his, his evidence is like Infowars.com YouTube links. And it's like, okay, dude, what happened? Like where, 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 who didn't hug you? Where did you, where, like, what the fuck happened in your life well, that you, you feel so lost that you're, that you're eating this bullshit? Okay. Great segue. Listen to this podcast episode because I, uh, I hear what you're saying. And one thing I just want to address is like the other day I made a list in my head of like people that, that I was like done of hearing from. And Mm. in my mind, they were one person. And I was like, oh, there's the people that are like me that are da-da-da-da-da-da. And then there's people that are over here who don't want to wear masks, who say, Mm -hmm. who like say all lives matter or like, you know what, like that, that issue isn't a, a big deal, who, you know, are upset about 5g who are upset about vaccines who are like, and all of a sudden yeah, I realized yeah. that I've, what I've created here, I've said there's two types of people. There's people like right. me and, and there's then, people and like them. Dumb dumbs like them. And yeah. I group them all together. But yeah. then I think about it's, it's funny cause I, I accept friend requests on Facebook without, even if I don't know people generally, if we have enough friends in common, I'm sure, like, sure, yeah. whatever. Yeah. But as a result, I get a lot of, um, people I don't know, people I'm not frequent in circles. And in a way I'm like, well, 
I'll keep them on my feed. Mm. I don't really check my Facebook feed that often, but I'll keep them on my feed because I don't want to be in a. I want to know what people are talking about. Yeah, until you wanna, you they say have something. Your finger on the pulse, sure. Yeah, until they say something that I don't agree with enough mm. times, or in a, a tone that I'm like, I can't handle that person anymore because mm-hmm. they're whatever. I'm not on Facebook that often, but anyway. But uh, I, I'm starting to like block people who have these opinions that I deem as less superior than my own or less sure. based in fact or whatever. Yeah. And so I am sort of, you know, quieting down my, or I'm my, my echo chamber is just, again, just like things that satisfy what I believe to be true or whatever. Mm. Um, but some of those people are also people I know from other contexts that are like great people and everything and like the only dissonance I have is suddenly now where they're like I don't want to have to wear a mask it doesn't it's not it's not helpful like ever all the people are saying like it doesn't actually protect you and I get the other argument I I, like I get I'm a mask wearer like if I have it I fucking don't want to spread it I might be asymptomatic I could have it of course of course like I'll put other people's safety is more important than my comfort. Mm-hmm. And also it looks badass to wear a mask. I don't yeah. think it's conforming. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. I, I got yeah. my first cold sore. Put that fucking mask on me. I want to walk around the world. <laughs> right. Also, um, it should be said that it, it's, it, it, it also, I mean, the, the science this is all, is, this is all, this is all new. It's all coming out. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't just fucking happen overnight. We are, we are not a culture where masks are, are, have ever been present, unlike a lot of like Asian countries where it's it's just standard. Yeah, um, we you know so we don't have a culture of it, but we're we're starting to we're starting to learn these things, and it it, it the, the data is coming out that it it not only is it you protecting others from you, but it's also protecting yourself. Mm. Even even if it's a fucking the most like basic bitch fucking scarf barrier your between yeah, like your it, hands and your mouth. It. Yeah, it's not going to be the best. No, it's not going to it's not going to be like, you yeah. know, it's not it's not going to be like a medical grade mask, but it's still it's still better than nothing. Yeah. So anyway, whatever, dude, well, I'll, I will sex. die on I'll die on that fucking hill of of. Yeah, of calling these people dummies, but yeah, no, I get it. But listen to this podcast episode. Yes. Because what's happened... So, so what, my, it's, it's Brene Brown's podcast, so but she, what's the episode? So her podcast is called Unlocking Us, and this... And so she's done some really great episodes lately. She's been doing anti-black racism, like, studying... Yeah. Like, she's been doing that for years. She's got great guests on recently speaking about that. And before, you know, she's just... She's a fascinating little character. But she has this... She's a shame re- researcher. That's her. Yeah. That's what she does. And yeah. Her whole thing's like shame versus guilt, right? Well, yeah. Um, she's a shame researcher, but most people, she became popular on the scene when she talked about, like, uh, I think it was vulnerability. Was vulnerability her, was her big one on TED yeah, Talks. And yeah. Then, but she's had, she has a couple of TED Talks, and I think one is one is actually, like, very specific, like, shame versus guilt. Well, this... And the difference between the two. Yeah. So she talks about that in this in this podcast. So she pops on this this latest episode and is like, hey, it's just me this week. And I thought we needed to like, basically talk about shame again. And yeah. it's called uh, Brene on Shame and Accountability. And so it's yeah, very right much now. filtered. It's uh, uh, on through the context of um, anti-black racism work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the first thing that she said in 
the early part of the episode that hit home for me was like feeling shame is not the same as being shamed. And so I think that made me feel like she was addressing. Right. Yeah. Just some really important feelings that people might be having about Mm. what's going on. And so I listened to it once and I had another like mind explosion moment where she talked about what shame does to us in childhood. So she, she, she gives this example that she does in some of her other conversations where it's like, someone calls you out and makes you humiliates you or makes you feel ashamed as a kid. And it makes you develop, um, uh, stories about yourself as, as a learner, let's say. So your (coughs) teacher shames you for, you know, in front of the class. This happened to me in kindergarten. Teacher shames you for being too loud to saying something like too loudly in the room. you I felt embarrassed. So I felt Mm -hmm. like I was being shamed, blah, blah, blah. So this whole, this whole thing, first listen was like little light bulbs of like, Oh my God. Like I, I know this. I know, I know this. And I think Mm. so many people would feel this. And, Mm. and, and then it talks about guilt where guilt's more about like behavior and it's about accountability. It's like, Oh, I didn't, I'm, I'm a good person. I made a bad decision and blah, 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 blah. But, but someone feeling shame is like, I am bad. Right. I am like unworthy of love. And so it's this amazing, it's an amazing episode. I'm on my fourth listen to it. Whoa. Yeah. And I'm still, wow. and I'm still being like, oh still my God. Pulling out nuggets. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm de- I'll 1000%. I'll listen to that uh, tomorrow morning when I, when I'm starting my day. Yeah, I do. It, it's a, it's a good, like, you know, it's nice to listen to someone who can talk about something like shame but still leave you feeling like uplifted. Yeah. She's, she's a, she's a fucking dream guest of mine. Yeah. For, for sick boy. Yeah. Um, she is a cool, yeah. cool person. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and yet when she tells stories from her personal life, you're like, you're a little in your head, you know, yeah, or like yeah, what, yeah. but she's really relatable. Did you watch her Netflix? Way. Did you watch her Netflix? Special? I loved her Netflix special. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. She's great. Um, cool. All right. Well, uh, thank you for that, babe. Like I always say, you're my, you're my biggest teacher. So thanks for putting a little bit of perspective into my, putting some respect on my name. And that's my um, just a tip for everybody. Uh, okay. There you go. Nice. Cool. Uh, Hey, one second. I got to go take a piss real quick and then we'll hit the brain border. Okay. I'll be right back. Okay. Just keep, let it roll. Okay.
Um, <clears throat> all right. Well, let's, uh, let's hit this brain boner. Um, actually, before we do, because I, I didn't really get an answer from you earlier about that, about that mountable toilet that uh, takes your anal print and uploads it to the cloud. Uh, how would you do? Would you, would you, would you get on board with that? Or would you feel weird about a camera taking a, like anal, analyzing your, your butthole and uploading it to an encrypted cloud server? I would actually be totally fine with that. Same, um, so would I. I would be really only, I mean, I get access to the results, right? Like it's yeah, for I me. Mean, it's not for yeah. the government. No, well, it's for your, it's for your, it's for your doctor. Yeah. I I think actually there's something to that. That's like, fuck yeah. That seems like, that seems like the most cutting edge health diagnostic tool that I've ever heard of because at home and like, there's just something you just like, it's just passively there. Exactly. There is one huge caveat though, which is it will give you autism. (laughs) So, you know, you gotta, you you gotta kind (laughs) of. You gotta oh, wait. Wait at the pros and cons, right? It pros sterilizes you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, let's uh, let's let's hit this brain boner. Uh, do you want to read it, Brad? Yeah, let me just bring it up here on my telephone. A. Eh? I got really missing um, karaoke today. It was my first big COVID. I was like, if I'm missing anything, it's karaoke. rubbing my mouth against a microphone that other people oh, oh, have. Yeah. Rub their their mouths. You on. know what they're gonna have to start doing is they're gonna have to start. St- um, they're gonna have to start putting like little, um, like little. What do you call those like hats that that you'd wear in a kitchen or something like a a tube to no, keep like, uh, to keep your hair to keep like yeah, a like, hairnet. Like, a hairnet. They're gonna have to put like hairnet sort of cloths on the mics, and then st- and sterilize the mic after every person. Dude, I feel bad for anyone who who's who's a life um, who's who's. Uh, Life revolves around karaoke. Who who made who, yeah who made their living off of karaoke? Well, man. Those days are, those if days you want to if you want to go if you want to reconnect with the great uh, pastime of karaoke in your own home and you just need a song that you can like belt, can I please recommend this is my karaoke song for non blondes? What's up? Get out there in your living room. Put it on. It's so relevant. Oh, I thought you were just still naming off to tunes. No. You're like, you're like four non-blondes. Get out there. <laughs> so relevant. <laughs> I'm like, oh, geez. Their whole, whole album. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just reading the track list. Okay, ready? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, hey, I'm a 22-year-old gal who identifies as a lesbian who has been looking for a girlfriend ever since I came out in high school. However, a few years ago, I unfiltered men on a dating app just out of curiosity, since literally no one who appealed to me would ever message back. I'm very particular and patient about who I date, but I gotta say, I love the attention I get from guys. They're shameless and eager to impress. God, My f- ain't that the fucking truth? <laughs> My first and only relationship in real life was a guy I met on a dating app. He gave me all the attention I could have asked for, pressured me to go out with him before I had much time to get to know him, and I ended up saying, what the hell, why not? I ended up leaving that relationship with a ton of regret. Men and mm-hmm. I just aren't compatible. They just don't fit all of my needs. Anyway, I'm a huge gamer, and I met this guy in a game I play in February. 
He was very soft-spoken and sweet and always very helpful. My friend and I would always refer to him as a pure, sweet little cinnamon bun. Oh, I hope someone refers to me like that someday. We refer to cute people as muffins. Yeah. I really liked him and wanted to get to know him more until one night I was going through something really hard and ended up in tears talking to him on the phone about it. He helped me get through it. Ever since, I've felt such a strong connection to him that has only come to grow the longer I've known him, which is about five months now. So here's the brain boner part. After developing an emotional bond connection with him and seeing what he looks like, I've developed a strong sexual attraction to him. Okay. I always ignored it, though, because I valued our friendship and knew that it could ruin things between us. After a while, though, the dreams I had of fucking him turned into dreams of us kissing, to cuddling, to me just wanting to embrace him, hold his face in my hands with our foreheads together, and just be. Oh, wow. I think about what it would be like to live together, and I spend I don't know how long just staring, smiling at photos of him happy. I've watched this one video of him dancing, looking so happy literally hundreds of times. Like, okay. <laughs> You're in love. Uh, realistically, I know I don't want to date another man because I believe we're just biologically incompatible, trans men included. Of uh, OFC, does that mean of course? Uh, OFC, sure, yeah. Um, I know we'd never be together because we live so far apart, and I know that when I'm in a relationship with someone, I'm needy as fuck, and I don't know how well that would work out between us. I don't know if I'm just infatuated with him because we talk so much and it'll eventually wear off or if I'm genuinely in love with someone who I want to be with that might not be able to meet all my needs and might not even want me back. I've always wanted a girlfriend, always pictured myself with a girl and imagined a wedding where I married my wife. But my feelings for this guy just seem to be throwing a wrench into everything I've ever known I wanted. And I'm terrified my feelings will ruin the amazing friendship that we share. What do I do? Uh, see in the chat there, I left a little link for you to open. This is what I think. Listen to your heart. When, when it's calling for you, listen to your heart. I mean, you know. There's nothing else you can do. Honestly. I don't know where you're going. And right, we don't, I don't know why. All right, we don't have the rights. We don't have the rights to the song. Okay. Don't, don't, stop singing it. I, we, we can't. We can't legally clear clear this. I can't. Um, I can't sing it on the show. No, I'm joking. Fuck. I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, like oh, it's such a good song. It seems to me that you know. Yeah, it's like it, okay. Why limit? Why limit yourself here? Yeah, you identify as a lesbian. Okay, that's great. Sure. Um, now. You just have because you ide- yeah. just be, you you have identified as a lesbian, just because you have identified or currently identify as a lesbian, doesn't doesn't uh, take away from the fact that you you have had. Um, I know there's probably going to be a lesbian listening to this. I get so fucking angry that I'm saying this, but but I think it's true. Um, you you have you you are capable of being attracted to the opposite sex. So there's like fluidity there. Right, clearly, like you're 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 fantasizing sexually about this this um, cinnamon bun, and and you you clearly are capable of 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 at least 
fantasizing about the feelings that can come from the cinnamon bun. So I yeah, like I get the whole like you, you don't want to you don't want to risk ruining the friendship, but also I think uh I think that when it when the, when this sort of scenario comes up and and it's and two like uh two like-minded adults who have like a good base for communication, I don't think that every every sexual intimate romantic relationship inevitably will ruin friendships. I mean, I think that that's, I think that that is just a, that only happens if you let it or, and not, not you, but like that only happens if it's like a collective thing that happens between two people where there's like a, a breakdown in communication. And so, you know, I think you, I think it's possible to like go into that and, and to, to, to be very like calculated and mindful and to see it through so that it doesn't end, end a relationship. But I feel like, man, you know, and also just because let's say, let's say, look, it sounds like you're in love. I'm not going to, let's not put the label on it, but let, let's just say it sounds like you're in love. Why not go down that path and see how it feels? And if it feels great. Do it. Even, even going down that path and exploring what this relationship could be with this person who you are clearly infatuated with, clearly in it, like invested in, in some way, it doesn't mean that you can't have a wife down the road. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you, you won't ever live to see, like live out this, you know, that, that, uh, that other fantasy of like getting married to another woman. Hey man, Somerville or wherever the fuck, some, some, summer, Somerville, Massachusetts. You can move there. You can move there and, <laughs> you know, start a commune. Um, um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Polygamy is still not, not, not uh, legal, <laughs> but however, but you know what I mean? I, it's like, I feel like, um, what will you regret more? Not exploring this one thing that feels so goddamn good and so right and so lovely and never knowing or exploring it and finding out, oh, this actually isn't what I want. And now I can pivot, shift and make another decision down later, later down the road in life. I mean, I, I, I always feel like the not knowing is the, is, is, is the, like that, that to me is always a, 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 a recurring like thought of regret of, of not, of just not knowing what the possibility could have been. Mm. You're not going to know until you know. It, it sounds like this, I mean, we also are, we can't speak for him. We have no <laughs> idea what his situation is, but it sounds like this could be something really, really special. Mm. Doesn't take away from your your identity as a as a, as a sexual being. Doesn't take away from your ability to connect intimately with other other women. All love matters. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I feel it's, it's something too problematic. About it. Yeah, there's something real problematic about that. Okay, I'll come up with a different slogan. <laughs> um, yeah, that's nice, Jeremy. I like that. I like all that that you said. Um, do you have anything else to add to that? No, I think that's it. I think it's just like just see it through, see what see what's there. Mm-hmm. I agree. Be open to all possibilities. Mm. I think is the and and also you know if you're going to initiate conversation with this person and you know just envision even if you don't know what the best possible outcome could be, you can still envision you know this long lasting friendship. And you can yeah. approach the conversation from that place and mm-hmm. 
because um, that's the that's the part that's most important to you. And I I you know I said it when I was reading this email, like oh you're in love, because like, I totally know that feeling, and now mm-hmm. it's making me feel like also. You said you're. I mean I'm 36. I don't. I'm not trying to be ageist here, but you're sort. You might be at you know when you look back on your life. You, you're probably going to consider this the beginning of mm. of yourself as an adult and mm-hmm. exploring your sexuality. and Yeah, because what did they say? They're 22? Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. Hey, so there's so much more room in life for, for experiences and growth. And, you know? and, and we were one thing one day, <laughs> and then seven years later we're another thing. And I mean, seven you, years like you and I are a perfect thing. example of that. Totally. Of of like when I was 22, I never in, in my wildest dreams would have imagined feeling f- like, you know, and not to get personal here, but like the, the other day you, you told me something about Todd and I got really worried mm-hmm. for him mm-hmm. and for you, mm-hmm. you know, like feeling deep fucking like love for this other guy mm-hmm. that you are spending the majority of your time with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, 22? I had no fucking clue that's where I'd be at No, I thought I was going to marry my fucking boyfriend at the time, and yeah, that was, yeah. was going to be our life forever. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I've also, as a feminine, I think I'm mostly, fe- I'm still na- navigating, I think I, as a feminine woman, I have had many infatuations, brief infatuations mm. brought on by contexts mm-hmm. where we were in shared environments or in a shared activity, often in theater, but also, you know, I'm thinking of the context of COVID. I'm talking about mm-hmm. the context of gaming. I'm talking about the context of like imagination. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. There's so much going on here. That's like rife for this kind of, upheaval of emotion and attraction that's happening. Mm-hmm. And you went from like wanting to, you, you said you were imagining scenarios in which you were fucking him to scenarios where you just wanted to hug. And mm. it's interesting because it does seem like there's a progression of intimacy there from fucking to, to just wanting to embrace someone. Mm. But it's not so much a progression. I don't think as a range. And I remember when we first opened our relationship, Jeremy, I've been like, I was really like, what would happen to my friendships? All my relationships. If it wasn't like, is this a friendship or is this a romantic relationship? If this Mm. was like, Oh, this is a friend, but I'd like to hold hands with this friend or I like to cuddle this Mm. friend. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm not going to say that I've diversified my relationships to reflect the the range of expressions of intimacy that I think is probably possible. I'm still feel very much like, Oh, this is a friend and this is a romantic relationship and this is a sexual Mm. relationship or whatever, or this is a familial relationship. But, um, I think there's a broader range of possibilities out there than like you said, this person biologically doesn't might not satisfy you. And that's totally fine because no one person is going to satisfy all your needs. No. And it, 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 you'll never find it. And if you do find 
that person, you probably won't respect them. And if you mm. do don't if you find that person but there's just like that one thing, then you're gonna fucking resent them. If you expect mm. any person to to be able to provide all of your needs. And I'm not saying like everybody should be in an open relationship. I just mean we have talked to your talk to your people about what's like you know what I thought about the other day actually this is sort of relevant and I wanted to ask you about this is when it comes to cheating mm. we have like the physical act and then we have emotional affairs as they're called right yeah yeah and from my perspective which is one that se- seems to be from what I can tell, maybe this is totally fake news. I don't know, but seems to be reflected among other cisgendered white women. Um, what was I saying? I totally just lost my train of thought. Uh, emotional cheating oh, and physical cheating. Yeah, that an emotional. If my partner had an emotional affair, mm-hmm. it would fuck with me. More than if, say, they got drunk and made oh, out fuck. with someone in a bar yeah, or went right. home with someone. Sure. That would fuck with me yeah. if someone spent time developing an emotional connection with someone. That would be really fucking hard mm-hmm. for me. Um, and so it's like, but if I express this to like my masculine or cisgendered male partner and, you know... So what I've often seen in these kinds of relationships that I've had is like the my cisgendered male partner will be like, "Well, do you want to fuck them?" You know, as a more as a more serious offense than, mm-hmm. "Well, like, are you you know confiding in them about how you're sure. feeling?" You know that kind of stuff. It's like mm-hmm. it always seems like it's more significant if it's some sort of physical like act. Right. And that is relevant to what we're talking about because I don't remember why. Because I just well, lost my we train were talking about a brain boner. Mm-hmm. Which I know we're talking we're talking to our brain boner. I know that. Yeah, right. But along the lines, well, you to, yeah, you want to bring it up to me for some reason. Uh, you were thinking about this the other well, day. Well, I was thinking about this affair situation. I guess it just it's how it relates to we have attached meanings to what certain things acts are involved in different relationships and then we right. get we we get sort of like i i don't know fucked up by them i think mm. yeah well again i think you should go for it and and explore explore all the possibilities and just be open just be open to what's what, what's what's possible and be open to what's available and be open to be open and even if that possibility is it's not exactly what you want after, mm-hmm. after all, after you actually like totally. experience it. Because sometimes you know? just saying it out loud makes it dissipate. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And then, and, and in that, just being, just being like, the, I think the one thing that, re- the only thing that really matters within this at all is just being cognizant of like other people's feelings, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, and, and your own, your own feelings too. But like, just knowing that you're, if you're, if, if this person feels the same way that you do, to be very clear with them, like, hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a lesbian. I had a fucking shitty experience with a guy in the past. It's not something I ever thought I would like be going the, the a road I'd be going down again. 
but fuck, man, I can't stop thinking about holding our foreheads together and and stroking each other's faces. Stroking each other's faces, you know, like you know, like so. I don't know, just yeah, yeah. I think there's, I think there's something there, though. There's something there, <laughs> but you never know. There's something happening here. Um. All right. Well, this was fun. Um. We are Bridie is Bridie is just swimming in hard work, and so uh, we hope we're hope hopefully going to have some regular uh, uh, guest recordings lined up in the coming weeks. Um. But in the meantime. While you're listening to us and maybe going over to sickpointpodcast.com slash shows to watch our live <laughs> show tonight, um, you can support the podcast by supporting us on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash turn me on. Uh, we would really love your support and to all of our patrons who have been supporting us up to this point and any point in the past, we thank you because we wouldn't be doing this if it weren't for you. Absolutely, um, and we've seen a few um, pledges kind of roll in over the last few days, and it's just kind of, uh-huh. you don't even, you can't even estimate what little heart fireworks go off uh-huh. when I Every time. see that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Um, and if you ever feel the need to get our unsolicited but solicited advice, uh, you can email us at termionpodcast at gmail.com. Hit us with your brain boners, hit us with your hate mail, whatever you like. <laughs> And uh, we'll probably find a way to read it. Don't forget um, to listen to that Brene Brown episode. Mm-hmm. But I'd also yeah. like to take this opportunity to mention that transcripts of our episodes can be found at thisen.co. T-H-I-S-T-E-N dot C-O. All right. Thanks all for listening. Hope you have a wonderful July week. Oh, and also uh, uh, happy July 4th to all of our American listeners. If that's your thing. Thanks you for celebrating that. safely. Yep. Yep. Um, and uh, and listen, folks, just wear a mask. Wash your hands. Get, get the vaccine. Just don't be a, don't be a fucking dummy. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 